Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second scripture lesson comes from the book of Acts, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went down outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Theatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul, and when she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those of you who know our family likely know that we have a daughter named Lydia. I'd like to tell you that we spent a great deal of time researching names and their meanings and their associated Bible stories, but if I told you that, I'd be lying. (laughs) In truth, we chose our children's names by holding them up to two tests. One, could he or she be president with And two, if they ended up not being terribly attractive, would their name make it worse? The name Lydia held up to both tests. However, in preparing for today's sermon, I kind of want to tell everybody that our daughter is very intentionally named after Lydia of Theatira. She's a pretty incredible woman, after all. She owned her own business, presumably a very lucrative business, selling purple cloth. And while this may not sound lucrative today, the process of making purple cloth then was terribly time-consuming, and the cloth demanded a high price. I imagine that if Lydia were alive today, she would be on the front front row of the runway at New York's Fashion Week because all of the major designers would vie for her coveted fabric to feature in their collection. From the outside looking in, Lydia had it all. And yet, when Paul showed up in Macedonia and visited her group of women by the river, Lydia saw something in him, something special, something maybe she didn't have. And she convinced him and his companion to her house to stay. That invitation must have been one of the most coveted in the area. Paul gets invited to this neighborhood renaissance woman's house to be a guest, and it probably made some people jealous and raised some eyebrows as they wondered why she would invite these strangers into her home. 
But her invitation was born out of humility. She knew that Paul was an apostle of the God that she already knew and loved, and she eagerly joined her family in being baptized by him. Her invitation was not to show off her wealth or her business status. Her invitation actually invited Paul's judgment. Verse 15 tells us, If you, Paul, have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. The verse ends with Paul writing that she prevailed upon him and his companion. I had to Google that term prevailed because I have always associated that word with winning a competition. But I learned it's also defined as persuading someone to do something. Not only did Lydia extend gracious hospitality to Paul and whoever he was traveling with, she talked them in to come into her house. Why wouldn't Paul immediately accept an invitation from this woman? It certainly would have been a place that would have been comfortable. The food was likely top-notch and the accommodations far nicer than some of the campsites they had built as they traveled to Macedonia after Paul's vision. But the Bible tells us Lydia had to convince him and his companion to come to her home, had to talk them into accepting her hospitality. Why? For starters, it was scandalous. A strange couple of men show up in town unannounced, and a well-known woman of the town invites them to spend the night at her house. Secondly, accepting Lydia's invitation effectively transferred all of Paul's power to Lydia. He was an apostle of the risen Lord, yet he let go of control over the situation. Embracing the vulnerability that comes with choosing to be welcomed as a guest of another. This idea of being talked into accepting a kind invitation reminds me of our first week or so in British Columbia. We moved to Vancouver when our Lydia was a newly minted five-year-old and Henry was seven. Philip had gone off to, to work and I declared we were going to go exploring. I'd heard of the Stanley Park Rose Garden and thought that was as good a place as any to start our adventure. So we took a cab from our condo and they dropped us off right by the roses. We meandered through the park, literally smelling the roses, bumping into some two surprise playgrounds, and then we got down to the seawall. We decided to walk home along the seawall because it was paved and the views were pretty and we'd never lived that close to big water. At this point, I confess to you that I am terrible but I knew that the seawall wound near-ish to our condo, and since our condo was a high-rise, I could see it from where we were, and so I figured as long as I could see our building, we were okay. We looped around the final curve where I planned to take a hard left and walk the straight shot home. However, once we got around that final curve, I realized there was no straight shot because there still existed a large body of water between where we were and where we wanted to be. We weren't used to walking that much. Lydia had worn her new Twinkle Toes birthday shoes and they had given her blisters. We were hot, we were thirsty, and we were hungry. 
I tried to fake being cool and promised them that there was a taxi stand just ahead. But sure enough, when we got to the window, there was a sign saying they were out to lunch. <laughs> a couple walking past apparently sensed our plight and offered us a ride. I didn't know them at all. I had my children with me and these strangers were already cleaning out their back seat for us to climb in and give us a ride home. I vacillated between thinking we were gonna be featured on the six o'clock news as victims of a serial killer and thinking that they were angels sent from heaven. In this 30 second time period, I saw our lives flash before our eyes, but ultimately decided we could take them and we could get away if we had to, so we climbed in and just like that, I'd introduced our children to hitchhiking. <laughs> our three lives were literally in the hands of strangers, and I felt incredibly vulnerable and anxious. The couple whose names I will never know couldn't have been nicer. They dropped us off and refused to take any gas money, and when we got upstairs and I regained my composure, I transitioned to trying to figure out what the life lesson was to teach our children and settled on never hitchhike unless you have a parent with you. <laughs> <laughs> that sweet couple had offered us radical hospitality. That couple extended a hand of welcome to us, strangers in a strange land, and they embodied the same kind of hospitality that the biblical Lydia extended to Paul that Abraham and Sarah extended to strangers who appeared at their tent. What a countercultural kind of hospitality that is. It's probably part of why I felt so uncomfortable accepting it. Let me be clear, I'm not here to promote bad decisions or being reckless in assessing risk, but I do believe that God calls us to humble ourselves sometimes and graciously accept this hospitality. My undergraduate degree is in travel and tourism, so it's rooted in the business of hospitality. And the definition of hospitality is the friendly and gener generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. Friendly and generous reception of guests, visitors, or strangers. There's a marked difference, however, in the act of extending hospitality versus receiving it. Think about Paul. He had a vision in his sleep of a man asking for help in Macedonia. He woke up the next morning and started off, presumably with no hesitation, on a long journey in response to God's call. Paul traveled as a visitor, a guest, a stranger, through multiple towns and cities, rules and regulations, crossing multiple borders as he went. Can you imagine keeping up with all the different rules as he moved from modern day Turkey to Greece? That was a 350 mile journey. Border crossing is something our family is no stranger to um, because during our almost four years in Canada, we lived about an hour away from the closest U.S.-Canada land crossing. <coughs> International borders are funny things. We could sit in our car and we could see the U.S., but we were in Canada. There was no line painted on the ground. We were under the same sky. 
The topography didn't look any different, but the booth through which we passed meant that we had exited one country and entered another. We did this with some regularity. Crossing from Canada in the US into the US was always a homecoming. We crossed the border with US passports. Our car made more sense because it was in miles per hour instead of kilometers per hour. Chicken didn't have an import duty charged on it. And though we had papers stapled into our American passports that said we had permission to be in Canada for a long period of time, we were keenly aware that every time we crossed from the US into Canada, we were entering as guests. Our welcome was dependent upon the invitation and acceptance of the border agent that we met in a little booth on the Canadian side of the imaginary line that was an international border. We coached our children on their behavior when crossing the border. This was not the time to pick on each other or to fuss or make some silly joke that could set off the border agent. I wonder if Paul had any similar anxiety as he crossed multiple borders to get into Macedonia. I wonder if anyone gave him a hard time and I wonder how he was able to convincingly explain that he was simply following God's call to go to the people he had seen in his dreams. Paul must have been pretty bold. He arrived a stranger in Macedonia and sat down with a group of women. Women he didn't know and he just struck up a conversation. And there he encountered Lydia, bold in her own right, renaissance businesswoman of her time. Much like Abraham and Sarah in the presence of the Lord, Lydia insisted that Paul and his traveling companion come and share space and a meal with her people. For God's work to be accomplished though, Paul had to be willing to receive the gift of her hospitality. Paul chose to put aside the angst that came with suspicious onlookers. He decided to let go of his need to control all the variables and he spoke a brave yes to Lydia's invitation. He and his companion crossed the threshold of Lydia's home, but they also chose to cross the threshold of worry about what other people might think and about their concern of what would they do if they got to her house and it was miserable. They crossed into, into her place of sanctuary and rest as strangers, and they encountered God as a result. I wonder if our needs for control have kept us from encountering God in unexpected ways. Who might God have put in our paths to whom we may proclaim a brave yes? How might God be inviting us to lean into vulnerability and accept an outstretched hand of welcome? It's so easy to sequester ourselves in our own little worlds. We need to dust, we need to bake something homemade, the yard needs tending, or we're just worn out. But the reality is our world can become our silo if we don't venture beyond its borders. So today, I invite you to remember a time when you've uttered a brave or maybe a very tentative yes. Who was your Lydia 
And who gave you space to be Paul? Think about that person or people. Consider which borders God is calling you to cross. Whatever the case, consider Abraham and Sarah. Consider Paul and Lydia. And remember that whomever God is calling you to engage with in humility and in vulnerability, they just may be the person God may accompany into your home. And don't we want to welcome God with open arms? Don't we want people to know that where we live is a place of extravagant hospitality? Don't we want to experience extravagant hospitality? And extravagant may look as simple as a glass of sweet tea on a hot day, or icy pops on the deck with neighborhood children, or a cold watermelon with a neighbor you don't know very well. As we continue our exploration of how the Holy Spirit is calling us into partnership in God's work in the world, I ask you to consider who you might invite to your home this week. Maybe it's a neighbor you don't know well. Maybe it's the parents of your children's best friend. Maybe it's your own child who you haven't seen in a while. Maybe you know them well. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're feeling called to accept an invitation you've been putting off. Take a moment, pull out your bulletin, and write the name of who you plan to extend an invitation of radical hospitality to this week. Let us pray. Dear God, help us be bold in sharing our homes and our very selves with neighbors of all sorts, trusting that we will be filled with the joy that comes from crossing into safe spaces where we can be fully ourselves, spaces where we will be energized by receiving and sharing extravagant hospitality. Help us remember that accepting welcome even from unexpected hosts may just make space for the holy to enter into our everyday and that we just may encounter you, the one who so extravagantly loves us and is always ready to receive our brave yes. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.